This is This Week in Common Sense for the week ending in June 23rd, 2023. Started the week with a celebration, with a new holiday. And I got to think, from my crazy standpoint, how do you not have a holiday celebrating the end of slavery? I mean, what? What is better to celebrate? The end of slavery, the end of a war, you know, if you win. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, anyway, we celebrated it at thisiscommonsense.org. And, um, you know, in the comments, uh, Pat uh, mentioned that there was nothing celebratory about a couple of the, uh, uh, links that I had put to the piece, Freedom Festival, uh, that was Monday's piece, about uh, Juneteenth. And um, I really think that people who like freedom should make a special effort every year to begin on June 19th, Juneteenth. And uh, I guess it gets moved around to different teenth days. If it's Monday, it's always going to be on a Monday. Or do they do it on June 19th? You know, I don't know yet. I'll have to find that out. But here's the here's the rub. We ought to use from Juneteenth to July 4th as just a, a few weeks of freedom to uh, push stuff every year. And this, this idea of the left having a holiday that's part of some cultural revolution where we want to just talk about grievances and so on. Juneteenth does not celebrate slavery. It does not bemoan slavery because the whole point of the holiday is that slavery is over in the United States of America. And thank God. And, and so let's celebrate and let's recognize as I did in this piece that uh, most of us had nothing to do with it one way or the other. I didn't, I didn't have anything to do with slavery being imposed. I didn't do anything to free any of the slaves because I wasn't born for a hundred years. I mean, there's just nothing. I really, I throw myself on the mercy of the court. Um, but I can appreciate folks who did and folks of all different races uh, there was probably an Asian thrown in there somewhere who got to this uh, continent at that time, which was a lot tougher than it would be today. And uh, uh, but but certainly blacks and whites in military uniform, in pushing for changes, in being you know hanged at the neck if you're John Brown, and of course Frederick Douglass said that when the 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 view the the opportunity to end slavery was always kind of dark and and bleak until John Brown led his raid and used force uh, and generally I think you're smarter and it's better to not use force whenever you can to be peaceful and so on but Frederick Douglass pointed out that's when it was clear that it was just a matter of time that slavery would end when people were willing to take arms and, you know, being willing to fight for something doesn't make you a warmonger. 
And if we're not willing to fight for freedom, as we may find out as we get to the end of the week, uh, it's it's not good. And uh, and if we don't recognize the reality of our world, that's not good. And I I end the week uh, applauding <laughs> sort of <laughs> uh, Sleepy Joe, President Biden, uh, for for actually getting it right and calling Xi Jinping the uh, dictator of China, a dictator. And that was in a distinct piece with a distinct title. What was the title now again? Uh, Dictators on Parade. Yeah, that's a pretty good title. But that was Friday's piece, and it was basically, uh, we'll just flip the, to Friday. Why not? We can move with such speed. Uh, Blinken goes to China. Look, it's good to talk to people, even enemies. I'm not against diplomacy. I'm all for talking to them. You just have to recognize reality. And, you know, China's in, been involved in all kinds of deals and agreements and so on. They're, they don't have a good track record over decades and decades and decades with with no real jumps toward honesty and keeping our word. I mean, they basically made a deal with Britain that in 50 years, they could strangle all the freedom out of Hong Kong. Literally, 50 years. We got 50 years where we have to respect your freedoms, and then we can suffocate you and beat you and kill you and so on. They couldn't wait. They couldn't wait the 50 years. Uh, partly because the people in Hong Kong wanted real freedom and they knew that they'd keep agitating for it and until they tortured and intimidated and arrested and you know ruined enough lives with repression to get their way and uh you know if i were president of the united states i don't know that i'd run around at some fundraiser where well they don't know that somebody's there there's reporters right there they recognize them what are they idiots if you're that much of an idiot maybe you shouldn't be president of the united states um i don't think it's a bad thing because our country for decades many decades all the way back to world war ii has had a completely stupid unreasonable fairy tale view of of china and uh, and especially, I was just reading a book, uh, Mao uh, or China after Mao, uh, and literally within weeks of Tiananmen Square massacre, you've got Kish Kissinger reaching out, you've got Brent Schofield uh, uh, flies to Beijing in secret to say, "Hey, we're your friends." I mean, this is rushing to say, hey, we know you just massacred a bunch of your own people because they wanted freedom. We want you to know we're your friends and we like you, not the, the bloody people, you know, on the edges of the square. No, we're not with them. We're with you. And uh, and and so we we have had a horrible uh, uh, blindness. As this uh, new regime, our regime, our administration currently, the Biden administration comes on, and I mentioned in this piece the uh, you know possible corruption and so on involving China, just possibly. Um, 
I was a little worried about Biden. And one of the things that I wrote was a piece saying, you know, don't all this push that maybe we can get better relations with China. Don't lose what we've gained during the Trump administration, which was a much more wide eyed view of, oh, my goodness, you know, nearly a, a third of the or fourth of the planet and they're and they're totalitarian and 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 so on. We we can't lose sight of that in trying to get good relations and we don't stop the likelihood of war by allowing China to think we've misjudged them and we're going to just roll over like we have rolled over again and again on all kinds of things. And and so, you know, if if Biden says dictator, it's not it's not the kind of thing I'd want to be running around saying as president unless I was going to make all the the points again and again. And I might point out that there that he's a dictator. But of course, the real there's a mistake, I think, that it's easy for people to make. And we hear a lot about Xi Jinping is worse than other Chinese despots. This is a regime where it's just, you know, millions killed viciously in in horrible ways, starved to death, encouraged to beat each other to death in mass rituals and so on. This is not a good regime. So it's not like, oh, they were just going so well until Xi Jinping comes out of the scene. So I think it's a huge mistake. And I think part of the reason that we hear how bad Xi Jinping is, and I think he's more dangerous than previous leaders. Of course, they're at a different place, and maybe that's part of it. But I think one of the reasons we hear so much about that is that China guys and gals in the State Department and in the think tank world and so on have been asleep at the switch for a long time. So they'd like to pretend that the switch just got just got flipped. Oh, it's Xi Jinping. Everything was going along and then and we thought China was going to open up. China never gave any sign from from everything I have read and can find about China since 1949. They have never gone through a period where they decided that their system should open up and the Communist Party should not have ultimate say on everything. And, and you know, so, so the fact that we have been, you know, pretty much pushing, uh, you know, China gets to join the World Trade Organization without having to do the steps that other countries do. And then uses that to do all kinds of things that are directly against free trade. It's a, um, I mean, we've we've missed the boat so much. And so, when Biden stumbles into calling him a dictator, something that I'm sure all the people around Biden just hated because we're we're mending relationships and so on. I think it's good because I have no fear. Here, if the more our country recognizes, as I say at the end of this piece, uh, Dictators on Parade, recognizes who we're dealing with when we deal with China, we won't miss the ball if, if, if we have that focus. If our focus is how do we get good relations with China? Well, the way you get it is you kowtow and you do whatever they tell you to and you shut up if you don't like it. 
Um, that's the way to get good relations with China. I suspect I, I I propose that we not have good relations with China, and instead we have very firm relations with China. Now, one of the issues I have with this subject is that we don't come into it with clean hands. I mean, one reason Biden probably calls Xi a dictator is that Biden is corrupt and has we now this week we got confirmation that he's tied now to Hunter Biden's uh, dirty dealings with Chinese companies. Let me stop you though and say that we didn't get it this week. This is just for this is kind of like the lab leak stuff. Yeah. Further confirmation of what they denied but was obvious before. Yeah, well sure it was obvious. Yeah, yeah. But but they got I mean we got but You're right. I hadn't seen the uh act the, the the uh was it a whatsapp it was a whatsapp uh call maybe or something okay maybe it was but basically it says you know my father's here beside me and we're wondering you know why aren't you giving us money and so biden has quite a bit of um he wants to distance himself from the idea that he might be corrupt with china so to call the the, the president of china corrupt and a dictator is a good political move right it is in the sense I I had a uh, pollster do a, a presentation <clears throat> on national polling. This was maybe two years ago. Excuse me, and uh, and say that basically the worst thing any American politician could do would be to get caught on the wrong side of the China issue. And this is years after, for some reason, like a majority of Americans were kind of hunky-dory at the worst and and kind of pro-China. And, you know, which kind of shows a huge failure of, of, you know, U.S. media and education systems and so on and so on. Because, and, and that's been true throughout our lives. You know, a lot of people, you know, I'm a Maoist or something. Really? You want to kill hundreds of millions of people? You're not satisfied with just 50 or 30 million? Uh, so it's our uh, our system uh, has has just not reacted until very recently. And I think it, it kind of took COVID, uh, even though, you know, their behavior in COVID was not at all surprising. Uh, and it wasn't you know, for the most part, has to this day not really been called out in the way it should be. Australia said there should be an independent investigation, and all of a sudden they had uh, banned, you know, done an embargo against, uh, I think it was wheat and, and uh, something else. And uh, and so, and, and the U.S. never really pushed very hard. Now, part of it is, uh, supposedly, from what former President Trump has said, they were afraid that China would hold back needed medical supplies. Um, it's not smart to have all your medical supplies being produced somewhere where that particular country, you have absolutely no faith that they will treat you fairly and if you do, you're an idiot. So it's, it's uh, you know, it, and when people talk about decoupling or de-risking from China, again, if we're, if we're thinking about how bad China is, then that question isn't, 
gee, we, we still want to be doing some business with China. That's a question of what can we afford to do or not afford to do. We don't have to, we don't have to, you know, cut off our nose despite our face. Um, we simply uh, de-risk, de-risk, de-risk until we're decoupled. Now, before then, hopefully China changes. I mean, we, we tried kind of the, uh, uh, we'll give you everything like we're a bunch of idiots. And they kind of like that, but it didn't make them, it didn't make them like freedom. And, um, and of course, the, the truth be told, uh, all over the world, all the new bells and whistles and gadgets and technology have our leaders awfully excited about a new era of massive control. And this is not, sadly, is not just uh, happening in China. Well, I'll take that back. In essence, it's happening in China. It's being planned and worked toward and partially implemented whenever possible, especially during your pandemic here and in Australia and in, you know, just keep on naming the countries. Well, in this country, the censorship of uh, social media was carried out by social media companies that had government agents in them and were stocked stock full of democrats almost like china where where they're saying you got to have a communist party member as part of your right. leadership team yeah. in whatever company right. if you want to get the state loans and the other things that it's a similar system except it's done a little bit more voluntarily here uh but elon musk upset the apple cart there so we can see how far that goes and this week Google can't have that, is about here we are at the very beginnings of the political season, the presidential campaign, and Robert Kennedy is being censored by Google. On YouTube. And on YouTube, which is which is a subsidiary of, of Google. Right. It's not shocking. They censor people all the time. But in a free society where there is a free media uh, and, and people are getting information, it is very hard to hide some of the things that were done uh, on COVID. And, and uh, Robert Kennedy is, I, I think if people listen to him, uh, they don't even have to agree with, with everything he says about COVID or about the pandemic or the way the government reacted. But they're going to get a whole bunch of truth that they're going to recognize. This guy believes it, and they're going to be able to check some of it out. Uh, <laughs> it'll make it harder and harder, but but still they can check some of it out. And it just opens up a discussion that as a society, see, see that's the wonderful thing about America, is you open up free discussions, and you know what? Sometimes they go astray, but they tend to keep going, and people want to live in a, in a sane place. They want to be safe and they want to be free. And so if we keep having discussions, we're going to get to the right answer eventually. Um, if, if you can shut off that debate, then you can, you can be doing the wrong answer for a long time. We can, we can be leeching, uh, you know, each other every time we're sick, sticking the, the blood sucking leeches on to kind of help our circulatory system um, for centuries if nobody gets to speak against it. 
Yes, that was Wednesday's piece. Google can't have that. Uh, and what they couldn't have, of course, is freedom. Uh, and uh, Or, you know, somebody upsetting the, uh, the official story. It's interesting yes. why they like the official story so much. But we have two other pieces. There's a Tuesday's wannabe dictator and uh, Thursday's <laughs> the precedentedness of it all. Which do you want to talk well, about let's, first? Let's do wannabe dictator first, because we alluded to this piece and linked to it uh, uh, with the dictators on parade. Uh, because Tucker Carlson, who was fired from Fox, uh, uh, which I, I thought at the time may be the best thing that's ever happened to him. Um, and I hope I hope it is. Uh, I don't always agree with him, but I like I like what he does. I like the the stories he's talking about. I like that he comes from a different direction oftentimes. Uh, sometimes the wrong direction, but hey, it's uh, nobody's perfect. And he did a piece about Biden and about dictators uh, prior to Biden calling Xi Jinping a dictator. And uh, and it was a great piece. And read it here. We linked to it on Twitter. Uh, and I don't even think you have to have a Twitter account. You can go see uh, uh, what Tucker Carlson was saying on on Twitter but he just pointed out some of the things that would happen if somebody were a dictator and, uh, you know, things like thinking about our other piece, the precedentedness of it all, things like putting your opponent in jail. You know, years ago, uh, I remember reading in the newspaper that the opponent to, uh, it wasn't uh, uh, Sissy in, uh, in Egypt and it wasn't, Mubarak, it was somebody in between, I think. Um, oh, I can't think of it. But anyway, the this guy who was running against him in their free elections was convicted of petition fraud. And apparently he went out and fraudulently collected petitions and he went to prison for a long time. I don't know if they ever had a trial, but uh, uh, and as I'm reading it, I'm just thinking, there's no way. I mean, in a society like that, nobody thinks, oh, I'm just going to fake the, you know, maybe in America, you might think you could fake your way a certain amount because the expectations are that it's going to be a certain way. Uh, anyway, it's it's not good in societies where people running against the president get arrested or have huge legal trouble. Now, Donald Trump... Joe Biden, because uh, this is not about Hunter Biden. It's about Joe Biden. No one's above the law. And so, of course, the the only thing when people in high places commit crimes that can help is if you apply the law in an even-handed, consistent manner. And, and you know, a wise quiet let your let your charges and your courtrooms and your and your written briefs do the talking one of the worst things and i remember at the time just thinking this is a this is a terrible thing to do and i can't stand hillary clinton um when comey came out and spent 30 minutes 45 minutes going through everything they found in their investigation, deciding not to charge her with any crime. And of course she had, there are people who should be disbarred 
in, unless what I have read in story after story is not true and her legal team didn't do like things to destroy hard drives and these were under subpoena you can't do that well you you can't i can't our audience can't but hillary clinton's did and her legal team did and of course trump and in classic trumpian fashion said geez i wish my lawyers were her lawyers because <laughs> he wants his lawyers to do the same thing um this this is, you know, we're, we're headed to terrible outcomes when you put stuff into the uh, political machine, which is a, a uh, deep state that, that functions on its own. Who knows who's calling what shots? And, and you know, in, this is a case, and I haven't heard this because it's all the, you know, the Biden administration is causing the FBI and it's Garland and it's different people. But of course, it could be that they're not doing anything to intervene, but you already have an FBI that's completely compromised down to, you know, the, the people investigating stuff. And I'm not suggesting every FBI agent is compromised, but we know in huge ways the institution is compromised and, and, uh, and it's politically compromised. It's not just some corruption somewhere. It's corruption with a political bent. That's uh that's, extra problematic well as i see it you've talked about all five pieces because that was a discussion of the precedentedness of it all on thursday you you morphed yeah. so so gently from uh wannabe dictator to uh the precedentedness of it all so that's all five pieces so i i think that you've covered your duty i've done my duty i'm reporting uh reporting for duty that's uh that was uh john Kerry's. um campaign in 2004 remember at the uh, democratic national no, convention no. he went from the guy who threw his medals away which had always read he threw some some fake medals away or something he still had is i don't know that you know i haven't i haven't investigated that fully uh but he started his campaign in 2004 saluting and saying he's john Kerry reporting for duty to beat up on on george w bush who Oh yeah, was accused of of shirking. They were they were trying to make that case, and I, I mean, I was convinced, except that the only thing I remember from the Kerry campaign now is "Don't tase me, bro," and uh, that that was the moment that showed that John Kerry couldn't lead with a hoot. Is that he was conducting a speech, and the security grabbed a young man who was obnoxious. Uh, but not not horribly so, not disrespectful. He was just a he was an. We've all met obnoxious people at conferences, right? And the person right. who asked the, the annoying question, he was obnoxious. So they take him out back and they tase him. He screams in the background, "Don't tase me, bro!" And there's a John Kerry uh, sitting up there. <laughs> so like, Maybe we shouldn't do this, you know. I mean, it was just it was just you pathetic. Know, now I remember that, but I hadn't thought of that. I wondered if you were going to say the most memorable thing in my mind is him windsurfing. I think on on maybe the uh, Charles River there and in, in uh, the Boston area, and uh, and I remember later in the campaign, uh, someone was saying that Arkansas, which of course where I grew up, uh, which has become a very red state, uh, might you know that Kerry had a shot there, and I just thought you know everybody in Arkansas has has seen him windsurfing. Nobody in Arkansas windsurfs. It's uh, it's oh, just culturally, there's something going on. 
No, no way he's going to win Arkansas. And believe it or not, he did not. Okay, I do. I do believe that he did not. That's that's understandable. He's a, uh, he has a different kind of unlikability from Hillary Clinton. There's something repellent about Hillary Clinton. He's merely just off-putting to the nth degree, haughty and annoying. Uh, so, I mean, isn't <laughs> that's that well said? I guess yes. about right. Uh, and, uh, and especially now, because it seems like the only time I ever hear his name is when he's talking about, like, he'd like to be in China working on a deal so that China can agree to do all kinds of things like climate change that it's never, ever going to do. That's like his life's ambition. And it's just, you know, this is a fool's errand. And, and you know, it just, it strikes me that to the degree something can be done, we're not doing anything. Like if you believe that climate change is a serious problem, I don't know how you could like see the Paris Accord and the stuff that they're doing and not be going, this is completely ridiculous. This would never, in in other words, it's it's going to be innovation and other things that would change the dynamic. It's not going to be a bunch of political yahoos getting together and then pressuring the heads of state to somehow rule in their favor the guys at the cocktail party instead of all the people that are making money and running society and and writing checks to their campaigns it's it's uh yeah i mean it's just and and of course i don't i don't think much has happened other than some innovations that you know when you put tax subsidies and other things might might get pushed but well wind and solar are the wrong kind of energy for our civilization they can't they can't handle our civilization they can't service it it's just not possible because they're intermittent energy sources they're not shouldn't we just change our civilization wouldn't that be the easy way that's i believe actually what they insist that we do but they don't (laughs) insist that china do that by the way china gets (laughs) to do exactly what it wants and they're putting up more coal power plants all the time Yes, By the way, yeah. the other thing I wanted to mention about China, because I'm on a real anti-Chinese kick too right now, and I just saw this documentary on how they use green paint and they they shoot paint all over the sides of the of, of the roads in, in certain parts of China, so that when you're driving by it really quick, it looks like it's green and healthy, but it's, <laughs> just, it's all put up. And they also have things on sticks. Uh, that look like the that they're, they're like the trees but they're not they're just things on sticks it's an amazing it's an amazing thing and uh and people like john Kerry are in, in insisting that america take the whole burden and china and africa but china especially and china and india not take any of the burden and they just run with you know greenhouse gases if that makes a difference i don't think it does but they're willing to kill ourselves to save the planet, but it's all inconsequential because of what China's doing. Because China is, you know, right. is just compensating all the way through it. And it's really annoying. I have one degree of separation with John Kerry because his personal assistant went to high school with me. Really? Really? Yeah. And her cousin was the assistant to Adam Schiff, and now she's part of some some Biden team for foreign policy. My, I, I have a Democratic wing in my family, and uh, let's just say that we don't get along very well. So, Is, Isn't it interesting that Adam Schiff 
in much the same way Donald Trump is perhaps his censure in the House for really lying repeatedly. That's what it was. Yeah. What they had on that committee because he said they had certain things. And then when it all came out, he said he'd seen it. it. He'd said he'd yes. had it in his hands. Yes. This yes. is a this is a just a frank and there's no way around. It. It's a lie. Yes. That censure may help him win a Senate seat in California in the same way that uh, I heard some analysis uh, in some program where they were talking about Trump and that part of why it's been tough for DeSantis to make any moves or others and peel away is that this you know indictment has caused people to rally around Trump and that that's probably going to be there for you know a month two months who knows maybe forever but but the the suggestion that that's you know that really has helped Donald Trump and you know that's you you generally one of the values of prosecuting someone is not just whatever punishment they have to go through it's the public recognition that they did something wrong and when you begin to call people out and punish them in that way and prosecute them and it makes them more popular you need to really stop and maybe sit down and think about we're doing something really wrong. Well, that's where America is no longer. We, there's no consensus on what everyday common sense morality is and what right and wrong are as matters of procedure. We don't share the same values anymore. Right. Yeah. We don't. It's yeah, divided. No, and I, I don't think we have widespread belief in hey, let's not have people going to jail after every election if they didn't win. You know, that, well, that's, that's, that's a horrible idea for a democracy, but it's a great way to set up, a, well, a dictatorship. Yeah. Well, that was This Week of Common Sense with Paul Jacob for the penultimate week of June 2023. I'm cutting it short this week because I'm trying to get these things closer to half hour and uh, I'm going to get it down to the half hour someday. Well, you can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Rumble. But really, the truth is, you can find us at thisiscommonsense.org. Subscribe. There are several ways of doing it. Like. There are many ways of doing it. Share. There are even more ways of doing it, including PDFs. So have at her, folks. <laughs>